Welcome to Thoughts on Thriving, a holistic lifestyle and wellness podcast that's here to help you become the healthiest, happiest, most aligned version of yourself. I'm your host, Ava, a registered dietitian and wellness junkie. I'm so excited to have you here as I dive deep into meaningful conversations covering topics from nutrition and mental health to spirituality and self-development and everything in between with experts in many fields. I'm so happy you're choosing to learn how to thrive today. Let's get into the show. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Thoughts on Thriving. I am so excited for today's episode. You are all in for a treat. We have the lovely, the beautiful, the wonderful Allie Rosen on the podcast today. And if you don't know Allie, Allie is one of my closest friends in real life as well. She is also a registered dietitian. She's a personal trainer, and we have been friends for years at this point. We went to UC Berkeley together and studied nutrition undergrad together, got each other through that program, and we are now getting our master's at NYU together as well. So we have been through a lot at the same time on very similar life paths until this point and I just think that you all are going to love this episode and love Allie as much as I do. We share so many tangible tools and tips from dealing with anxiety and negative thought patterns to getting really vulnerable on topics like eating disorders. So just a trigger warning for anyone who um, is triggered by that. We do talk about eating disorder recovery and Allie shares so many parts of her story and is so vulnerable and open with us which I really really appreciated and I hope that when you listen to this conversation, it's kind of like you're sitting and having dinner with us because these are conversations that we have all the time in real life. So we wanted to kind of share that with you all. And we share a lot of our thoughts and opinions on so many important topics from, like I said, eating disorder recovery to anxiety and perfectionism and current wellness trends, nutrition, our food philosophy mindful eating, emotional eating, like so many things that I think affect so many people. So everyone can take something away from this conversation. And Allie just shares so many of her own experiences, but also a lot of really, really helpful tips as well. So I don't want to make this intro 10 years long because I definitely could if I wanted to. And I want you all to get to listening to the episode. But it was so, so fun to have Ali on. We did this in person, which was also super unique. I've never done the podcast with a guest in person. So that was lovely. It was lovely to have someone that I love so dearly on the show. And I hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Ali Rosen. I've never had a friend on the podcast. (laughs) Okay, we have Allie Rosen here, one of my nearest and dearest friends on the podcast. I think we just can't make eye contact. No, we can't look at each other. I'm having trouble right now because I've never had like a close friend of mine on Thoughts on Thriving since I relaunched it last year. So bear with me but welcome yeah new territory welcome to the podcast thank you how are you today i'm doing well you know cold cold out here in new york city but we're doing okay before we get into our conversation i'd love for you to tell the audience a little bit about you and what you do who you are obviously i know this stuff but just for some context yeah well i am a new registered dietitian um past my exam 
a few months ago. Um, I did like my dietetic internship at NYU, currently getting my master's in nutrition at NYU with Ava. And before that, where I met Ava was Berkeley, originally from New Jersey. And I'm a runner. I'm a personal trainer. Yeah, I guess that's my shtick. Yeah, I love it. We've been together for like almost six years now at the yeah. same school, which is crazy. So we're kind of on the same path. We're both dietitians. We've both been into health and wellness and nutrition for a very long time. So I wanted to know how you got into nutrition, why nutrition instead of another field in healthcare, and kind of your journey with that. Yeah, I feel like I originally got into nutrition, honestly, like by chance, because In high school, I definitely struggled with an eating disorder for, you know, most of high school and even a little bit of college. And I think that was like a really transformative experience for me um, Mm -hmm. just because it made me realize like how much that illness kind of worsened my quality of life and how much I could help people with that and I didn't even know like about like being a registered dietitian as a profession like I honestly like hadn't heard about it until when I was applying to college and Berkeley had the nutritional science major and since I was like recovering from my eating disorder and was like beginning to see how powerful it was to recover from an eating disorder and like improve your relationship with food um, and body I was like, I may as well try this. And then I think like getting that education from Berkeley and like learning about the actual science of nutrition and the real importance of fueling our bodies and like really enjoying the science aspect about it, like learning the truth about it, not just my perception of it the past few years. I think that made me want to stick with it and then yeah, I just kept falling more in love with it. And like the education itself about like the science behind nutrition and the real importance of fueling ourselves is what made me realize that I wanted to do it. That was a long-winded answer. but <laughs> No, but I mean, it's like a long-winded journey to get there. Yeah. And I think like I had a very similar experience in high school with an eating disorder, disordered eating, and just not having a good relationship with food. And more importantly with myself which I think we can agree like we talk about this all the time in person and just in our lives about how it's more about the relationship we had with ourselves than it was with the food itself like the food itself is not as important totally when you when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it but I think that's how a lot of people get into nutrition honestly I think oh yeah like so many people in our program whether it's in our master's or bachelor's degree. like Yeah, I'd say like upwards of 50%. That's the yeah, reason. Yeah. yeah, which is great that we're like th- that we all got into it from a personal experience. I think it helps with like helping other people sharing that that personal journey. I also think that like it's really nice to learn the science and learn how important it is to feel your body because that kind of for me was the switch. It was like, I can't keep doing this to myself because... If I do care about health, like I've been telling myself this whole time, then like all I'm doing is making it worse. Exactly. So it's like, if I really cared about my health, I wouldn't be doing this. And if you learn that, and if you learn the reasons why you should be feeling yourself, like what's 
good nutrition, why it's important to feed our bodies, then I think that that can kind of help not it's not the only thing, but I can I think it can really help people get out of that state. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I definitely just another thing I was thinking about, I definitely had some hesitation on kind of working in a field that hit so close to home. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I might still have hesitation about it. Um, and, you know, obviously in our internships, we get to see a lot of things. I had the chance to work in an eating disorder facility and that definitely showed me that it might not want to be my like niche, might not want to be my like primary focus. I'm happy to work with it in some capacity, but I don't think it should be the entirety of my work just because even now, like I was finding that really emotional, like as anyone would. But Mm -hmm. I think when you've have, when you've had lived experience, it's even harder to separate. So I was, I commend therapists all the time, like the way that they are able, if if they are able, I just assume they are to <laughs> um, like kind of separate their life from like their patients' li- lives yeah. and everything that they hear during the day. Just I think that's really difficult. Yeah, and I think both of us are very sensitive people and empathic yeah. people, which makes it hard sometimes when things do hit so close to home. So I commend you for even doing that for your internship and just for people listening. Like the dietetic internship is basically like the the residency portion of getting your rd it's kind of that's what i equate it to it's like you're working yeah in a clinical setting whether it's in a hospital an eating disorder clinic something like that and getting that clinical experience yeah and speaking of all this i mean so much of it like you said it's an illness like a mental illness mostly and i know that like we talk a lot about mental health we talk about anxiety perfectionism so i kind of wanted to know like what you think the link there is between like mental health and nutrition because we were talking about you know having a better relationship with food what are some of the things that you found like through our education through just experience through working with eating disorder patients that can help improve that and help improve your mental state yeah I mean I think they're totally tied because I think that even if you haven't experienced disordered eating or an eating disorder that when your anxiety levels are high or even you're experiencing like symptoms of depression, um, that will affect your appetite and your relationship to food. Even if you don't have this like already existing, um, difficult relationship with food. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think something that I have found helpful is to view foods in like different with different purposes so like sometimes there's like practical food sometimes there's energy food sometimes there's comfort food so like a practical food like if I was on the go or something and I wasn't gonna make time for it I would bring something just like because I needed the ease of the food and if it was like for energy I knew I was going to be doing something active like food for that purpose or even when I'm anxious and it's like I don't feel like eating like sometimes it's just like food for fuel like I just I just need to so like I think sometimes there is a little bit of that where it's just like I've learned that it doesn't work to just like ignore my body and even if it doesn't feel totally right sometimes You just kind of need to do that, like put your body first. And 
Something I am trying to work on um, is like mindful eating. I definitely engage in a lot of, we've talked about this before. I feel like I, I definitely engage in like a good amount of distracted eating. Yeah. Um, same. <laughs> so I'm like, like this week I really was like, I, cause we both live alone. Like I, yeah. like I have a good amount of my meals alone and you know, there, you want that noise, like, or you want to be watching something yeah. and I would really like to try to practice mindfulness while eating more. Although that feels incredibly boring to just like sit there and eat and focus on the food itself. But I don't know. I want to try to do harder things. Like I feel like anxiety stops you from doing hard things. Sometimes you protect it too much. Well, I think the whole point of anxiety is like protecting your brain. Yeah. Trying to protect you from something that might be like you might perceive as a threat. So, like, eating alone might be a threat to you because of whatever it is. Yeah. Whether it's, like, trauma from being alone when you were young. Like, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm just making that up. But, like, that's probably why. And also, it is just nice to have some noise while you yeah. eat when you're alone. Yeah. And you eat a, a lot of your meals alone. Like, I'm the same. I think something that's helped me a lot, because I've also been trying to work on, like, eating more mindfully and just not being distracted while I eat, is eating my meal first and then giving my like okay if you eat then you can watch your tv yeah if you eat then you can scroll on tiktok for a few minutes like like it's kind of not that it's a reward but it's like okay eat by yourself first and just really enjoy the food and then you can mindlessly scroll because eating itself is an activity it is it's like and i think new york is pretty tough with that like you see people just like walking miles with like food like just like a full meal fork and like bowl like just like walking and moving and eating and eating a bar yeah while you're walking yeah yeah hustle culture yep yep and we'll get into that (laughs) I think that's one of the topics we both really wanted to talk about today but just on that note on the mindful eating one last thing that I've found that has helped me is setting an intention for my food before I eat it I don't know if I've talked to you about this but like I started doing this maybe like six or seven months ago like I can't really remember but every time I eat whether it's like a snack or a meal maybe I've missed like one or two since I started doing this but I've been really diligent about it because even if I'm going to eat with like the tv on or like some sort of distraction at least I've set an intention for my food and at least I've set the intention of like okay I'm going to eat this with love or like I whatever it is that I want my intention for that food to be yeah so I think that that's really helped too It doesn't help as much with being mindful during it, but at least before it, you've kind of like, you've blessed your food. You've like thanked the universe that you get this food and it just kind of makes it a more mindful activity in general, regardless of what you do during eating. Totally. On that note, I want to like, I want to ask you, um, how do you feel about comfort eating? Like, I feel like that's a hot topic because it's like, we should be allowed to eat for comfort sometimes. Like, but there, there's somewhat of a line I totally agree that there's a line I mean I think in the past I used to be like food is fuel way more but I think like you said there's food for different things yeah and like for emotions too like if you're feeling emotional sometimes food does help with that I don't think that's a problem I think the awareness is like what you need for that to be okay right if you're aware that you're eating something for an emotional reason like as, as long as you're aware that that's what you're doing. And like I said, setting an intention. So like maybe my intention for the food, if I'm feeling really sad or something is for this food to boost my mood. Right. You know, and then that's like part of it. And that helps with actually 
helping my emotional state because I've set the intention to do so. And it also just is okay. I think people, like, I think us included, like, I think, or I don't want to drag you into this, but, like, I've been very hard on myself, and I know we've talked about this a lot. You can drag me into that. (laughs) Yeah, I'll drag you into that. I mean, we've both been, like, hard on ourselves in the past, and that's something I want to talk about today, too, is, like, the whole perfectionist mindset. But I think that, like it's more about like softening and opening up to all the realms of possibilities, including the fact that like, yeah, sometimes we're going to eat for emotional reasons or for comfort. Yeah. Especially if you are in like a really down state or whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's totally okay. Yeah. I think my like only determinant is that's totally allowed to be one of your coping skills. Mm -hmm. As long as it's not the only one. I completely agree with that. I mean, I think there's such better ways to cope. But food is one of those tools in the toolbox. And I think that as long as you're not getting out of hand with it and, like, doing it every time or making it a habit, then I think that it's totally fine. And that's what I would tell, like, a client, too. Definitely. So speaking of perfectionism and just being really hard on ourselves, I think we're both kind of on a journey of unlearning that and trying to be a little more kind to ourselves, which I think we've both done a pretty good job of. Although when school especially gets stressful, I think it can both come up oh, or yeah. it can come up in both of us a lot. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know what it is about school. Like, I think we just need to be done with it. I yeah. think, you know, <laughs> honestly, if anyone is listening and they are straight out of college, maybe take a year before you go straight into your master's program. I definitely wish I took a year. It's, it's a lot of school. I um, agree. Yeah. But I also am glad to get it done and out yeah, of the way. Yeah, totally, so, totally. No regrets, yeah, but... <laughs> but I see both sides, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still struggle with this every day. I think it is prevalent in, like, all aspects of my life. I think I become, like, a perfectionist in terms of running. And, like, when I have a training plan, like, I'm starting to train for um, another marathon... Um, I ran the New York City in 2021, and then I think I'm going to do, well, I am going to do the Jersey City this spring. So, like, when I get into a training plan, like, I follow that to a T, to the point where it's like, if I'm not feeling great one day, I might still follow that to a T because I'm like, the fear of failure is too big, We, we power through. And same with school, like, getting really hard on myself over not understanding a concept and being like and then allowing that to spiral into like oh my god I'm not smart at all like one concept that I don't understand at school could spiral into something like that I think that used to be a lot worse I think that's actually what I've gotten better about like I think I still try to do the absolute most every single day and like I do have like these checklists that would probably put some people into a coma like if I was like this is my plan for the day and they were like not the month um oh my god so I definitely that's that's still there and we are still working on that um but what I think I have gotten better about is stopping the spiral so my mom always used to say this to me but it's like let your thoughts come but don't serve them tea so it's like allow all of these like intrusive thoughts of like I'm not good enough to come but also recognize that they don't deserve to like sit there. They don't deserve to sit at the table with you. I love that analogy. That's really, I love that. Cause it's like the example of me struggling in like a subject in school, recognizing like, okay, this is hard for me. 
that doesn't mean I'm not good at anything else or like this one thing happened. That doesn't mean my whole life is bad. That is something that I've gotten a lot better at is like kind of catching, catching the point in my thought patterns that like become that spiral of like, everything's a disaster that kind of thing yeah I love that do you have like do you talk to yourself yeah what do you kind of do to get out of it because I think this is something that more people struggle with than we think yeah I I depending on the severity sometimes I would talk myself out of it sometimes I'd be like okay that was one thought and now I'm allowing that to like escalate into a million different thoughts and I'm I am the reason that my day is getting worse Mm -hmm. like this one thing I could have shaken off but like now I'm now I'm taking it out on myself for no reason. So sometimes it's kind of a conversation with myself or even out loud. I talk to myself all day. Oh, same. All day. <laughs> um, but when it is bad, I will write it down. And I think that's because if you write it down, you can sort of kind of see your thoughts in a more linear way instead of like going around in circles. So like if something's bothering you, like if, if something in the past is bothering you and you like just keep mulling over it over and over again um and you're going in circles I think writing that down is really helpful because it's like okay this is what happened this is how I'm feeling and this is what I'm going to do about it instead of but what if I did this but what if I did that like kind of like that circular thought pattern versus the linear thought pattern I find is really helpful to write down on paper I don't know if that makes sense yeah that totally makes sense I love writing when I'm feeling that way because it just kind of gets it out of your brain onto the paper. It's like a transfer of energy, which I really like. And something that I've learned on my kind of like spiritual growth journey, self-growth journey has been this tool of like free form writing. So I'll I'll literally, I'll light a candle, I'll sit and I'll just write whatever's on my brain. Like, and I won't judge it. It won't even be like, I'll close my eyes and I'll just write. And sometimes the words don't even make it out onto the paper. Like I'm just scribbling, but like the thoughts are coming out of my head and I'm transferring it onto the paper and then I burn it so that it's gone. Yeah. So I feel like any way you want to do that, whether you want to do that and burn it or just get it down onto the paper, like Ali was saying, and just like remembering that that's not you, like that's, you're not your thoughts. I think that's a really good tool in the toolbox for that. Yeah. I love that. Do you have any other things that you like to do for anxiety, for when you're feeling that way, that perfectionist mindset come in? So most of my coping mechanisms have always been movement related. Like, I mean, like other than, you know, like traditional exercise, like running and stuff, um, walks are like, mm-hmm. sometimes I literally just need to like shake it out, honestly. Dancing. Dancing. I was about to say like literally shaking, like yeah. just moving your body like Like if you have like, if you're feeling like a really intense impulse or like even maybe a little bit of anger, literally shaking it out of your body, I've found helpful. And going back to what we were talking about before with eating disorders, um, when I was struggling with binge eating and I got this from a woman named Jessie Jean, if anyone is interested, she is an amazing like beat binge eating coach and pretty much she says to like literally shake your body when you have an urge as one of the tools like there's a million tools but you can literally like shake that impulse or that urge out of you and I thought it was the silliest thing until I tried it and like I just felt like a new person but anyway I would say most of my coping mechanisms are movement related but because of that I've been trying to find other outlets so I started knitting which I think Ava found very funny. Yes I love I love Allie and her grandma era. Yeah oh (laughs) I was born a grandma Um, 
but I find knitting helpful, like just doing something with my hands. Um, yeah, and otherwise just like trying to escape into something else. Like sometimes you just need to leave your own reality for a little, like listening to a book or a podcast. Thoughts on or driving, music. you know, yeah. you could listen to this podcast. Totally. I'll just listen to myself <laughs> over and over again. No, but I, I love those tools because I agree. I think movement is one of the best ways to get it out of your system. And the shaking thing is actually like proven to help regulate your nervous system. Like it's, I mean, we're, we have those primal instincts within us. Like we've evolved that way. So I think there's a, a real scientific reason that yeah. like shaking actually helps to get these emotions out of us. So I, I really like to shake also. I think it looks so crazy yeah. when I'm doing it, but I'm like, this feels amazing. So that's also a really good tip for anyone listening if you get into those states mentally as well. Also showering. Yeah. Like I, on some really anxious days, I might be in the shower for two hours. And that's okay. And that's okay. And that's okay. <laughs> I mean, showering is really nice too because the water washes yeah. away. You yeah. Know? Anything with the elements. Yes. I feel like we've been talking, like, you know, water, yeah. fire, like all these things kind of help to release that's so interesting i did not put that together that's i mean yeah. i just put it together so you're not that far behind <laughs> speaking of movement you are also a personal trainer and i wanted to know Indeed. kind of like what brought you to that as well and i mean i know a lot of rds are personal trainers but a lot of them aren't and a lot of them don't really talk about the movement piece but yeah. i think they go hand in hand so what was your kind of journey with that yeah well while I still have not a clue what I want to do with my life, I've <laughs> always been interested in sports. Um, so I really wanted to get the like fundamental training of kind of exercise physiology. Um, and in order to be a personal trainer, if you take it, you know, seriously, um, like I'm sure there's a way to pass the test without studying very much because um, <laughs> it is like an online thing. But I took it pretty seriously because I wanted to... I really wanted to learn that type of information. So it was definitely partially with the potential future of being a sports dietitian in mind. Just like I knew I needed that background. I wanted to work with people. I wanted to, I, I like, I have been training like my mom for a while. <laughs> like I always come up with workouts for her. I come up with workouts for myself, for friends. So I was like, this feels like something I want to do. And it makes sense for my future. And while I'm a student, makes sense as a little side gig. I feel like it was a lot to do with that. Um, but there's another thing that I'm realizing. Like you said, like I know nutrition and fitness are like super tied and they are. But I also think it's important to note that they're like not also always. Like I even have struggled with this in the past. Like if I don't move, my body still needs the same amount of fuel. Yeah. And vice versa, you know, and I think that's people get caught in that. Like when they tie fitness and nutrition together, they're like, well, I only deserve, obviously like food is not earned, but like, that's the mentality. It's like, I only deserve to eat if I've moved enough. And yeah. they're just, they're, they're tied, but they're not that tied. So. Right. Like even if you didn't move, you still need to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. I think that's a really good distinction too, because a lot of people, like you said, like they use food as a reward for moving. Yeah. Which it is not meant to be. No. Like even if you haven't moved at all, you still need food. No, to movement, movement's a celebration of, of your body. And I think. I love that. Yeah. I think I really want to, and I want to do more joyful movement. Like, I mean, 
as crazy as it, so- as it sounds, running is joy- joyful for me. But like, I want to go take a dance class, like something like me weird, too. like something Let's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think movement is so important for your mental health. Yeah, not really for the whole physical aspect of it. And obviously, it can transform you physically. But I think what we were talking about with like the anxiety and the perfectionism, like that is a really good way to move that out of you and to feel good mentally. Yeah. So. I mean, it's obviously important, but it's not its not the reason you should be eating, for sure. Totally. Um, I know what we were talking about, our, your to-do list and how it gets very long. But before you tackle all the things on your to-do list, we talk about this a lot, our like morning routines yeah. and what we like to do to set ourselves up for the day. And I'm obsessed with my morning routine. I know you are, too. So I wanted you to share that with everyone just because... I love when people ask this on podcasts and I love hearing about other people's mornings and I feel like people would love to hear yours too. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not anything crazy, but you know, I'm, I'm an early riser. I wake up and I always wash my face, brush my teeth, do all the hygiene things. I always make my bed. That's really important to me. I'm a bit of a neat freak, but like also it gives me pleasure to like make sure everything's really tidy. It's not like a chore at all and I guess something that might be different than other people is in my recovery from an eating disorder um I always found breakfast pretty difficult and now I like breakfast is the first thing I always eat before I work out I eat like the first thing no matter what but yeah so I always start my day with breakfast and coffee but before that I drink so much water I think I drink like 30 ounces of water is usually what I drink before. Um, That's what I do. Before <laughs> really? Eating. Yeah. Before any drink or food. Um, yeah, that's just very important, I think, especially because I have a decent amount of coffee and that dehydrates you. So gotta gotta get the water in before. And um, you wake up dehydrated. Yeah, totally. And I wake up like feeling dehydrated. Same. Yeah. Like I'm like, I don't oh, like to drink water. water before yeah. bed because yeah. then I have to wake up and pee. I still. Yeah. I pee multiple times every <laughs> night. So Allie is a grandma. It's confirmed. <laughs> no, I like really... Last night it was like three. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like normally it's one and that's like fair. No, I'll have one sometimes. Yeah. 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 But three? Come on now. That's crazy. And while I have my breakfast, I usually kind of like make said to-do list. And oh God, (laughs) I am a grandma. I do the crossword. (laughs) No, she actually is a grandma, you guys. I do the crossword every day. The New York Times one. I'm really good at it. I didn't used to be, but I'm really good at it now. That's honestly a really nice way to start the day. Like yeah. something for your brain. Yeah, but something I something for your body. Like you have all the things. You're yeah. taking them all off. And then I and then I go move in some capacity. And then the rest of the day is subject to change. I'm trying to think if I missed anything, but honestly I think it's I think it's pretty simple. I I have been, when I wake up, I try to just like do some breathing. I wouldn't necessarily call it meditation because I don't like carve out time for it, but I definitely try to like lay there and breathe and like be present and not open my phone right away because every time I open my phone right away when I wake up, someone else or something else is determining the first thought that I have in the day. And 
I really don't like that. So I've been really, really trying not to do that. Um, That's so important. Yeah. That's one of my biggest yeah. New Year's goals this year. Yeah. My intention was to just be like very impeccable with my time and energy. And I think that is one of the biggest energy drainers. Oh, in the 100%. Morning. And that yes. sets the tone for your whole day. It like yes. zaps your energy. You're giving, you're waking up giving that energy to someone else before you're giving it to yourself yeah and it's like no we need to put our own oxygen mask on before we help our child or whatever it is on the plane and honestly yeah social media lately has not been serving me at all I don't know if I can segue a little bit here I'd love to talk about it but like I feel like as dietitians we definitely have a lot of pressure to use social media a lot um, and use it for our practice and for marketing and just all of our information that we want to put out there. And I really don't like social media right now. Like it, it ebbs and flows, but right now that being a part of my career sounds horrible. That's actually, I, I, I would love to talk about this with yeah. you too, because social media I've had such an up and down journey yeah. with it. I feel like you have too, yes. where it's like, sometimes I love it and I think it's awesome. And sometimes I just really don't want to be on there. Yeah. And I think studying for the RD exam last semester, I like didn't go on social media for a really long time. Yeah. And that like was- Like you deleted everything? I deleted everything. Yeah. I didn't go on it. I didn't even post on the podcast for a month. Right. So I took a break in November, which was- it was just to kind of like focus my energy. You needed all that. On the we test. weren't. We weren't well. No, we were. It was. <laughs> we studied very hard for the RD exam. Harder than we probably needed to. Much harder. <laughs> but now we're excellent dietitians because yeah. we know all the information. <laughs> so, um, no. But I think that it really helped. And in times of like intense focus and intense like output, when that's needed, I think social media is a great thing to take away because it does kind of zap your energy. I think one of my goals is to kind of use it more mindfully Yeah. this year. And I've actually been in a phase where I really love it, which is funny because you're not in that phase. But like I've been posting on TikTok and like doing the whole thing and I'm having fun with it. But the second it stops being fun, it's like, okay, that's the time for a break. Yeah. And to just step away. And I think that's with anything in life. Yeah. I think social media. Yes, that's like obvious but with anything in your life if if it stops bringing you joy then unless it's like a priority and you like have to do it like school sometimes stops bringing me joy but I'm in the program right right. but I think with things in life that you have control over it's important to like take a step back to kind of remember why you did it in the first place and why you want to do it yeah um I think that's so true a lot of people in our profession feel like they have to have a social media following in order yeah. to get clients in order to yeah just be successful which is not true no like, definitely I know a not a lot of dietitians and people in this space personal trainers I like, don't yeah I don't think most people. people get their clients from social media it's no. more just like with how much money influencers can make it's yeah. like there's a there's a good amount of external pressure and also like the nutrition media is so like concentrated like there are just so many different opinions and so many different sources of information all the time um that it's pretty hard to like put your voice in there and also to be different like to have to not just repeat the information that everyone else is saying like it's it's hard I mean, I think that's the problem with social media today is that everything is just regurgitation of other people's information. And then when you want to be unique and share your thing with the world, sometimes it doesn't hit or it doesn't like, you don't have the following. So then it's like, what do you do? And that's definitely like a struggle because you want to be unique. You want to share. But 
at the end of the day, nothing is unique when you think about it. Like there's like a lot of things out there have been done before or said before. The unique part is what you bring into it, like your energy, your authenticity. So that's something I've been trying to remind myself of is it's like it doesn't matter if what I'm saying isn't groundbreaking. Like what we've been learning in school is not groundbreaking information. It's not new to anyone. Right. But the way that I share it and the way that I present it might hit to someone like it might it might get in their head better than someone else yeah because of the way that I presented that information or maybe they connect with me as an individual yeah so I think that's one thing but I definitely think there's a lot of pressure and there's it's just so much sometimes and there's 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 another like that's another thing that we can be hard on ourselves about yeah you know no and that's and that's what it became for me because it was like I started making a spreadsheet of like okay I'm gonna post like twice a week or whatever and I was like no I am not adding another thing like especially when I don't enjoy it yeah. Well, with anything, if it feels like you have to do it, the joy is just sucked right yeah. out. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, if you have the time or if you want to do it or if that's what, if you're feeling called to or if you have something important you want to share, I think that's the time and place to use social media. But definitely. I think it's definitely damaging in some ways. Definitely. And with social media, there's so many trends that go on too, like in wellness, in nutrition. And it feels like everything has become a trend now. Even stuff that is helpful and like good for you is like trendy now. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about kind of like wellness trends and what our thoughts are on them and kind of pick your brain about it. Wellness trends we love, wellness trends we are not about. So maybe to start off, do you want to share something that you're really liking right now on social media, like a wellness trend that's going around that you can get behind? Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely like influenced by who you follow. Because I think the people I followed or the people I used to follow used to kind of put out different information. Um, But I've tried to curate my feed to of like creators that like build me up and, you know, inspire me. So recently I've been seeing more creators post about like slowing down, especially in New York City. Like I know other cities are like this, but like New York City is just like people are running around like all the time, just like hustling and I feel like people almost like brag about how much they do yeah like people will be do. like people will be like I only slept two hours last yeah. night and I'm like why are you bragging about that I am fully like that's insane. I, I used to do that you you totally used to <laughs> in do college that. I used to do that you guys yeah no and I I mean I that's never been my way with the sleep no which is amazing I'm a sleeper yeah um, no that's good but <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just, like, the expectation is that, like, we work ourselves, like, thin and we just try so hard at everything that we do and we don't take a second to breathe or to, like, give ourselves time to recover. I think recovery and, like, rest and relaxing is just so underrated at this point and we're just constantly stimulated. I actually read this thing because I sleep with white noise and it was like it's your prob you probably need white noise at night because you are so used to stimulation and everything. So you eat wow. with like we were saying, like so you eat with something in the background, you you walk with something in your ears, you right. everything that you do, like you're listening to something, you're watching something, like there's always some extra stimulation going on. And that made that like there's theories that like that makes someone need to sleep with white noise more because it's like my brain can't handle silence like that wow I hate that like I really (laughs) so this year I don't I'm not like a huge resolutioner um but 
I definitely set the intention of hustling less. So like, obviously I got a lot of things to do. Um, and there is a degree of hustling that I need to do and like a good amount that I need to get done. But I also need to make a lot of time to recover because it's equally as important. Um, and it's just important to slow down. Like life doesn't need to be this fast all the time. And I think in this city, especially, you can get caught up in that and yeah. just feel like you have to. Yeah. And then you go to other places and it's like, no, life doesn't work like that. No. Like I was in L.A. for a month and just for our winter break, I was with my family, friends back home and the life, the pace of life there is so different. It's so different. And people are still hustling. They're still getting shit done, but it's so different. It's yeah. a much different energy. There's also much more nature people there. People aren't like... So, yeah. People are Chucking going to the, people left and right, right on the street right. because... They're walking slowly on the beach. They're not like yeah. zooming through the streets of Manhattan. So and, it, and it makes me do that too. Because yeah. it's like I left in like a fine mood. Like I'm feeling patient. I'm doing great. And then like someone's like zooming past me and I'm like... Well, all right, fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it's like a, it's like you feel like you have to. That's, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So I, I, it's the culture. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I think that culture in New York City is just more pronounced, but I think you're right. It's like hustle culture was really big for a long time. Yeah. And I think it's finally dying down. Yeah. People are starting to see the importance of a slower life and people yeah. like come back from Europe and they're like, why do I feel so good? Like maybe it's cause you like chilled out a little and you weren't, your body wasn't in fight or flight for the right, whole time. Right. Yeah. They're like, oh, why can I eat gluten and dairy in, in Italy? And <laughs> yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, their food system is very different. So yeah. that might be part of it. Yeah, but also definitely. you're probably much more relaxed. So yeah. Your digestive system was exactly. working better. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Whenever people say that, they're like, like, why did I handle those kinds of foods? They're like, obviously the way they make it, but also that you're relaxed. I completely yeah. agree. I don't think it's just the, the food yeah. system there is like so much better. Yeah. It is, but I don't think that's the only reason. Yeah. Um, what is one wellness trend that you are not about? Like, what is something you're seeing going around, maybe on TikTok, that is just not your thing? Yeah. I mean, I still, I mean, I don't see this as much on social media because I, um, like, try not to see these kinds of things. Like, I intentionally don't follow that kind of thing. But I know a lot of people who still intermittent fast. Um, I know it was, like, huge maybe a couple years ago. Um, and now I feel like I still hear people talking about it and I'm not like adamantly against it. I just don't think it's the healthiest um, mentality around food, just in the sense that you're like actively ignoring your hunger cues. So it's like, I'm hungry, but like the clock says that I can't eat yet, so I'm not going to eat. Or like, I'm full, but like I can only eat for the next hour, so I have to eat again. Like that, I just like think that. Maybe maybe some people can do it while also having a healthy relationship with food. I'm sure there's a bunch of cases of that. But personally, I really have valued like being in touch with my hunger cues and eating when I'm hungry and stopping when I'm full. Um, and I think intermittent fasting is just like a direct way to throw that off. I yeah. agree to some extent. I mean, I think... With intermittent fasting, all the research or most of the research is done on males. So I think for yeah. men, it can be a really great way if they're like in their Because isn't their like circadian rhythm different than ours? So they don't have the infradian rhythm that we do. So people who have a uterus, women, have this whole hormone cycle that people aren't taking into account when it comes to the research on, you know, 
fasting, intermittent fasting in general. And I think that that's really overlooked. So I agree that like we need to listen to our bodies as women because we have different needs throughout the month. Like right. in our luteal phase right, right before our periods, we need more food. Right. Like our your metabolic rate is yeah. like the highest right before your period, right? Exactly. So it's, yeah. it's really overlooking that portion, which I don't like and I also don't like that it's you know for hormone health and for people who are trying to heal their hormones which seems to be everyone these days because we all have some sort of imbalance it seems or at least on social media everyone's talking about it um but I I think a lot of women do have hormone imbalance but on that note the carrot salad girl (laughs) that's not gonna fix your hormones no I don't think it is (laughs) have you seen that yeah I have um but yeah, on that, like, you know, if you're trying to heal your hormones, I don't think intermittent fasting is the way to right, do it. Right. So I completely agree. I think there's a time and place. I think it's important to give your body time to, like, rest and stop digesting food. Yeah. So I try not to eat for 12 hours, but that's not without, that's, I don't try to do right, that. Right, that's sleep. You're just doing and that. Like you're like a couple and, hours. Yeah, yeah, a few hours before bed, you don't yeah, eat. That's yeah. really good for digestion. I also get, like, heartburn sometimes. So right. it's like... I need to do that to right. feel good. But right. beyond that, it's like it doesn't the whole sixteen eight thing it's no. it's not something. No, I and recommend. even the, the the more extreme, like the like oh I've my God. seen like I've you seen don't like eat for a few days. Twenty and then, and then yeah. four yeah. or something, and then it's just like you're trying to fit three meals into four hours. Like that's that that probably doesn't work for anyone. <laughs> like I, I don't believe it. Yeah. I also like there's people who don't eat for certain days. Oh yes, week. yes. Yeah. Or like eat one day, don't yeah. eat. Eat one day, don't eat the next day. Yeah, I don't, I don't prescribe to no, that. No, I don't I would prescribe never to tell that. Someone to do that. No, no. Um, it's miserable. Yeah, I completely agree. Before we end, I wanted to ask you five of the rapid fire questions. Okay. That I ask everyone on the podcast. Fun. So the first one is, what is your favorite fruit? Oh my god, why is this the hardest thing in the world? Um, I like every fruit. I know. Same. You know, like avocados can't count for this no, purpose. No, no, they don't count. Okay, okay. Then right, <laughs> then right now, um, it's grapes. I knew it. Yeah, I was gonna say green grapes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's green grapes. But like, you know, when persimmons are perfect, like they they definitely enter the enter the equation. That's my answer. But we'll go grapes. Okay. Rapid fire, Allie. Rapid fire. <laughs> What's your sun sign? I don't know. Yeah, you do. Well, I'm a cancer. Yeah, that's your sun sign. Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys, I don't know any of this stuff. That's probably our biggest difference. Yeah. 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 That's okay. Uh, she's a cancer. I'm a cancer. You're Very a, emotional. That I, I know. Like, I feel like you fit it. Like, you're a homebody. Oh. You, you're, yeah. Like, in touch with your emotions. All Crazy that. empath. Yeah. 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 Definitely. What is one book that changed your life that you'd recommend to everyone? Wild um, by Cheryl Strayed. Oh, I've never read it. Lovely. Just like about a girl who kind of set out um, like when things were hard with in her life um, and she set out to do the Appalachian Trail and just like be with her thoughts and think through things. And I've always wanted to do that kind of thing one day. So, yeah. I was going to ask you when we were talking about the silence thing and like how we're always stimulated. Have you ever thought of doing a silent retreat? Yes. Because I really want to do one of those. I feel yeah. like that would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I me and my mom do a couple we've done a few yoga retreats. One of them um had a lot of silent activities. So like meals were completely silent. Oh, um wow. that was interesting. I don't know how much we liked that. We were just like we just want to talk to each other. Yeah, especially um, if you do that with someone else. Yeah, but agreed. 
What is one habit or ritual you do every day that's a non-negotiable for you? Mm. We talked about a couple, but if you had to choose one. Like stretching. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Really important if you're running, too. Yeah. And also, like, it's a good wind down for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I really like stretching at night, too. Like, I think that's kind of like a meditative thing for me. Totally. Yeah. Meditation doesn't have to be just like sitting right. on your... And I think I've yeah. learned that because yeah. I don't know if just sitting and... It doesn't work for everyone. Closing my eyes is the way that I like to meditate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last question. This podcast is called Thoughts on Thriving. And so I want to know what your thoughts on thriving are. Like, what do you think the key to thriving is? Balance. And I know that's like maybe cliche or easier said than done but I really do think like with everything like there's a yin yin and a yang for all of your all of your work you need to rest equally as much in all aspects of life I think that's a great takeaway from this episode yeah just letting go of the hustle culture yeah and I just really appreciate how you were so open and shared your own experiences I think that'll help a lot of people and also just show that like it's never done that you're still on your journey like we're all still on our totally and just because we have degrees or certifications or whatever it is like we're all still working on ourselves and trying to become the best versions of ourselves and so I think it's really refreshing for someone. every coach has a coach yeah exactly I think it's really refreshing for someone to share that and someone like qualified like you to be able to like share that story so thank you yeah thanks for having me this was so fun for being on i really really loved this and if you guys want to find Allie, you can find her at allyrosen.rd perfect that's on on Instagram. instagram yeah okay cool thank you for listening bye bye